Good day, listeners. Father Ozel here. I hope that this episode finds you well and warm. I've been hearing a lot of chatter regarding my well-being from family and friends on social media, and while normally I am of the opinion that one should be able to conduct their affairs in private, I've come to realize that my private affairs have been shared across the whole of the internet, and there's no such thing as privacy anymore. With that being said, I hope that you enjoy these periodic updates. Pull up a fresh sheepskin, pour yourself a beverage, and settle in, because I'm back with part one of Absolution Road. Welcome everyone to the inaugural session of Door the North's Play Pool. Thank you. Yeah, woo! Woo! In which some of our valued listeners and subscribers have signed up to play a little side story with good buddy Surat and I. And to get things going here, why don't we go around the table and introduce ourselves. Who would you like to start? Uh, well, why don't you give it a shot? Go for it. Uh, my name's John, and I barely have a comprehension of Pathfinder, but I'm excited to have bought my way onto the show. Excellent. Welcome, John Evans. And who do we have next? Hi. I go by Wraith Online. My name's Mike. Pathfinder for a long time, eager to be here. Foaming at the mouth, almost. But I got those rabies taken care of. We're good for the moment. Oh, thank goodness. I was starting to worry there for a minute. Next. I'm Falcon Wolf. Uh, that's my tag for many different games. My real life name is Scott. And uh, happy to be here. Yeah! And of course we have regular cast member Surat. Or, oh wait, maybe maybe we don't. Or do we? Or <laughs> dun dun dun! <laughs> Yeah, he quit. <laughs> that timing could not have been more perfect. <laughs> the show must go on. It was Colonel Mustard in the observatory with the candlestick. I think he clicked terminate instead of talk. He's talking, but we're not hearing him. Oh, sorry. Of course it's like right when you start talking, like, my internet fucking shits. I'm, I'm good. Let's do this. Sorry about that. <laughs> the timing could not have been more perfect. <laughs> and last, but certainly not least... I am John, your game master for today, and all days, most days, a lot of days. How the hell is everyone doing this Saturday afternoon? I'm doing good. Doing good. Pretty well. I'm hanging in there. Be glad when Christmas is over, cause woo-wee! Oh yeah, I feel that. I've been working at the post office, and let me tell you, the Christmas holiday season is 
hell. Is that different from any other time at the post office, though? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it's noticeably worse. I, I've never worked with the uh, postal service. I've worked with uh, UPS and normal UPS routes versus the holiday routes. Yeah. Yeah. Let just just uh, how about to hell with that. One of my favorite 30 Rock lines has always been, I've never been so disrespected to my life, and I've both been to and worked at the post office. <laughs> nice. That is scarily accurate. Now, for our first foray into the D2TN play pool, we've decided to do a little side story that is actually connected to the main campaign. So... If you are caught up, I'm looking at you, John Evans. This is my method acting, because my character doesn't know what's happened in everyone's backstory, so that's the excuse I'm going with. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, if you are caught up, you would probably know that one of our most beloved characters, Father Ozel Broadtusks, had left the party to deal with some heavy shit back home. And in this adventure, we are going to be joining him on his journey home. In a little something we are going to call Absolution Road. And before we hop right back on the road, we're gonna open tonight's session up with a little bit of a scene. And away we go. The scene opens up on a cold, drizzly night in the city of Lepidstad. The streets are dimly lit and empty in this section of town. Most of the town's inhabitants are closer to the courthouse, drinking and admiring the punishing man that is being erected in the town square. A massive wooden effigy in the shape of a man meant to burn alive convicted criminals. As the camera swoops down and passes a sign that reads the dead goat, and as it goes through a frosted window on the second floor of this familiar tavern, we see Father Ozel asleep in bed, tossing and turning, as if he is reliving the past few weeks all at once in an instant. As we zoom in on his sweaty face, we hear his pulse begin to slow, his breath shorten. Reality starts to slow as the life seems to slip from Ozel's grasp. Then suddenly, Ozel's eyes shoot open. The time has come, Ozel. The sins of your past have come to rectify the sins of your future. Ozel sits up in bed and looks around, and suddenly he finds himself in that familiar plane of existence from which he had been reborn. Above him, the roof of the dead goat has been ripped away and replaced with a sky filled with impossible landscapes. Stars, planets, galaxies colliding. 
Verasma's creation, interacting in the most intoxicating and horrifyingly beautiful dance. The sight is beyond comprehension or words. He turns to see an old acquaintance. A tall, dark, lanky figure with a striped suit, skeletal hands protruding from the sleeves, a golden mask in the shape of a raven's face with massive black skeletal wings protruding from their back. He continues. I will admit my money was placed on another. But you seem to take your brand of repatriation with surprising grace, in defiance of your aging vessel. <sighs> Gambling always comes with such an inherent risk. Pack swiftly, Ozil. Your travels have taken longer than expected, but you could still make it if you try. In all honesty, and with all due respect, Ozil looks very confused. He doesn't know why he's come back. He thought he was on the right path, and he, he says, um, I'm not sure that I understand my transgressions. We have come so far. We have struggled. We have put our lives on the line in ceremonious duty to Phrasma's unduly will. We followed the signs. We punched and kicked, used every opportunity to fight back. We've bit, and we've prodded, we've charged towards the enemy. Any enemy that has come across our path, well, I mean, assuming that the terrain is even and clear, and the enemy has been corporeal. But we've read, we've set forth spell, we've bent the bounds of reality. Why must I leave now? We've made awkward situations out of every meal. We have finally traced the whispering way to this city. We're hot on the beast trail, and in this city, the beast will face justice. The figure furls his shoulders angrily as he steps closer to Ozil. Do you forget whom you serve? Do you think that our time was free, or that your time was yours? <sighs> Miss the forest for the trees, Ozil. For there is a sapling to replace you, just as there is a sapling to replace each of your friends. What more could the lady demand of me? Why wouldn't the lady demand something from all of us? However tarnished my or our relationship is with our matron, I know that I can set it right. What do, what do I do? Enough! I didn't realize I was speaking to someone with it as a dump stat. <laughs> Let me put it this way. The machine doesn't realize its task, and the cog doesn't realize it is part of the machine. Yet the task still gets completed. Everything that you know is just a small piece, a minuscule fraction of the grand design. Your path, as well as your friends, is already set. 
You shall see them again, Ozil, in this life or the next. Your questions are irrelevant. Your concerns mean nothing. All that matters is that the scales remain balanced. Do not let us down, Ozil. Father Gorin would not lead you astray. At that moment, Father Ozil's spirit is thrown back into his body as he wakes up back in his room at the dead goat, the rain pitter-pattering on the window. Father Ozil runs over, picks up Father Corrin's letter, and frantically reads it again, sweating. He, he starts to put the pieces together that um, certain parts of this letter don't make sense, and he realizes that whatever is happening is happening back at home, and it has something to do with his daughter. And so he runs and he grabs his bag, and he throws just some stuff in it, quickly scrawls a note to the rest of the party, sets it on the bed, and takes off out of the dead goat. We then cut to a door on a house not too far from the dead goat, where Ozil knocks relentlessly, standing in the rain. <laughs> the door opens and we see Kendra Lorimer, sleepy-eyed, wearing her nightgown. Oh, um, Ozil? Um, what is it? It's the middle of the night. I is everything okay? Kendra, Kendra, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. Just, just, uh, make sure that, uh, the, the party, they, they will come looking. Um, I, I, I cannot, I, I must go, um. What? Uh, I, I must leave right now. Here, hand, the, hand them this. He hands them, uh, he hands Kendra a small bundle. What, 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 what is this? Uh, Ozil, what's going on? Uh, I, I wish I had time to explain. Uh, something about saplings, and there's a tree that's going to be planted for you, and, and cogs and, and machines, and uh, something. Um, I, it's about my daughter. Uh, the metaphors went over my head. Uh, uh, it's, it's hard for me to explain. I must go. <laughs> um, um, what? Uh, um, okay. Uh. Kendra stands there, holding this bundle looking confused as Ozil turns and runs off into the darkness. He continues down the streets of Leopardstad in the rain until he reaches the edge of the city. From there, we cut to maybe an hour or two later down the road where Ozil is trying to spark a campfire to no avail. Father Ozil's sitting there with his flint and steel. Oh, 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 oh I might have got one. Oh, 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 come on, little bundle. Oh, 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 come on, little bundle. As, as a flame starts to light in this uh, matted grandfather's beard that he pulled off a tree not too far away. And as the fire begins to ignite and its light illuminates the area around Ozil. We see him look up just as a right gnarly loogie hits him right in the face. Well met! We then see that Father Ozil and his small campsite are surrounded 
by easily a dozen orcs. And we black out. We pick back up with Ozil contained in a large cage, barely illuminated by the campfire of a decent-sized orc encampment. It seems most of them have gone to sleep at this point, except for one lonely guard leaned up against one of the tents near Ozil's cage. Every once in a while, the orc will come by, sneer at Ozil, saying something like, Oh, yeah, well, we'll go to have some fun with you, half-breed. <laughs> That's not very nice. Can you at least feed me? Give me something. Make, make me, push me closer to that fire? I don't know, anything. Oh, sure, here, why don't you have a drink? And he pulls out a wineskin and pops it and pours it all over Ozil's head. <laughs> Waste of good wine. Creep it down. You'll wake the captain. He goes back and sits down next to the tent. And just a few moments later, Ozil catches something out of the corner of his eye. A figure emerging from the shadows on the edge of the camp. And Mike... What does this figure look like? By all accounts, this human man with amber eyes and lightly tanned skin is rather unassuming. Wears plain black clothes with earthen accents, a vest over his long-sleeved white tunic, but both under a light jacket. Slacks, beret hiding any hair if he has any. Half a bandolier of daggers across his chest and calfskin boots with cuffs and gloves matching to finish the attire. He kind of looks over at Ozil, looks over at the guard, puts two and two together, and with a casual flick of his wrist, an object floats up and goes sailing at the back of their head. And what, pray tell, is said flying object? That would be a sap for non-lethal damage to knock them out. And you know what? Uh, why don't we go ahead and have a roll for that? First roll of the sesh... Okay. <laughs> Hot damn. That is a natural 20, and the crit confirmed for some reason is woefully wrong. I have far more... <laughs> it was resolving as a melee. Yeah, that attack bonus is five points higher, so if he's flat-footed and all that, that might confirm. Very nice. Um, it's actually not enough to confirm. Ah. However, the nine damage that you did with your regular hit is going to be enough to knock that orc the fuck out. Nighty night. And with an act of finesse, before the sack can hit the ground, it stops with a gesture of his hand and starts floating back. Hey, over here. Looks back over to the orc in the cage. They want to have fun with me. Please, get me out of here. <laughs> Comes kind of a little bit closer, starting to rifle through some of their bags and loot and ill-gotten gains, pocketing mostly no. coins that he Psst. finds. Psst. Psst. No, over, over here. What are you even doing in there? 
I don't know. I was starting a fire. I was trying to escape in the night. <sighs> please, please help me out of here. I, I, I can pay. He focuses a moment in your direction like he's thinking. I, I have coin. You hear some metallic clicks. Just get out of there, be quiet, and take what's yours. Uh, I, I appreciate that, kind sir. We must move, they will be back soon. And you go to just your hand on the cage gate. The lock just falls off. So very impressive, sir. Uh, is Ozil's stuff, like, easy to find? Yeah, you probably saw where they put it. You had an eye on it while you've been captured. And uh, you're able to sneak around enough to retrieve it. I will attempt to do so. Just take what's yours. Don't get greedy. <laughs> I'm not sure I could carry much more anyway. Um, do you know where we are? We need some place to go that's uh, potentially safe. Um, anywhere but here. There's a road about five minutes that way. Step softly. I will, uh, I will follow. And for a moment, you think you've lost him. <laughs> You both sneak out of the orc camp in the middle of the night. You make it to the road about five, ten minutes away, and you travel south along the road probably a little over an hour before, in the distance, you can see in the moonlight a farmstead with some light in the windows. Any dialogue uh, while you're traveling? Yeah. The hells were you doing out here on your own? Uh, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on a God-given mission from Farasma. It seems as if the, uh, the orcs around here have gotten much worse. I, I just passed through a few days ago, but I have not seen them so ambitious since, well, ever. They are right pricks. <laughs> yeah. They're definitely gathering strength. I, I I assume that when they find that I'm gone, they will they will come looking. Uh He He grins and Correct me if I'm wrong, but the weight of coins is fifty to one pound. It sounds about right. And you see about 250 coins just float out of his pockets and around him in the air like sparkling things in the moonlight. Oh, they're definitely coming after us. And what? pockets them without ever touching a one. Uh, that, uh, seems you have enough coin for... At least you, you probably won't need any of mine. Um, I, I can offer to help pay, though. Uh, oh, I don't want any of your coin. I really appreciate it. You, you, you didn't... Uh, I never caught your name, though, sir. Nor are yours. I'm Thorn. Nice to meet you. Ah, uh, Thorn. My, my name is my name is Father Ozel. Uh, thanks. Um, really do appreciate it. What is your goal for traveling through here? This is a terrible place to journey. I'm uh, I'm on my way home. I need to I need to get back to the town of Hammerrock. Are you familiar? I haven't been there in a season. I suppose I could head back. Appreciate the company, obviously, and an old man similar to myself uh, cannot make the journey alone. Well, you've twisted my arm, but either way, we should get rest for the night. Uh, perhaps they will put us up. Well, you make it 
up to the farmstead. Uh, there is light coming out from the inside. Do you just walk up and knock on the door? Yeah. Knock on the door, and an older man, maybe in his 70s, with white hair, Scrooge pajamas, answers. He says, Yes, hello. What is it? What can I do for you? It's the middle of the night. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, but is his token um, fucking Anthony Hopkins? (laughs) Well... <laughs> oh, I don't know why that makes me so funny, but it just it just really does for some reason. Anthony like, Hopkins no, with a rat tail. Way. That's amazing. <laughs> well, oh, okay. that's great. Similar to, but legally distinct from Anthony Hopkins. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> well, what are you doing here? You plan to rob me? Oh, why not at all, I, sir? Quite I, I, the contrary. Uh, we we just seek shelter for the night. Um, it's very dangerous out in these woods, uh, as I'm sure you understand. Hmm. Shelter. Um, just the two of you, then? Thorn looks around and nods. Uh, I. Well, all right, then. Come on in. We've got one visitor already, in from the road, like you. We're just sitting around the fire. Thank you for your kindness. Yes, yes, well, I'm kind for coin, you might say. And Thorn will, not using his fancy abilities, hand the guy just a handful of coins. Not even bothering to count. It's not his money, what does he care? Oh, yes, well, yes, that should do nicely. Um, c- come on in, make yourself at home, there's a stew on. Thank you, uh, thank you, kind sir. Um, what is, uh, wh- what is your name, what do I call you? Ah, yes, my name is Father. Father Gilliam. Gilliam, you say? Uh, uh, t- f- pardon, pardon if I ask, um, any relation to Chutney? Why, why, my brother's name is Chutney. I do know him. I stayed at his farm on the other trip. Uh, small world, <laughs> Father Gilliam. <laughs> fucking what? Ah, oh, well, <laughs> if you stayed with my brother, then you're probably at least somewhat trustworthy. Please, come in and meet the others. This is my son Oliver, my daughter Chianti, and this is... Uh, This character is going to stand up, and he is a uh, male human with uh, brown hair that's about uh, to his shoulders. He has a handlebar mustache, a nice leather hat with a feather in it, and just kind of a... A white dress shirt with a vest and uh, some plain colored trousers and boots. Says to him, yeah, I've been calling him uh, Fava, you know, like the bean. Uh, looks like Anthony Hopkins and all. Uh, Waylon Geronimo is the name. Good to meet you. I know not of this Hopkins, but a pleasure to meet you. I'm Thorn. Pleasure to meet you, Thorn. What, uh... What's going on with your eyes there? You you in a uh, you you in a possessed state or uh... <laughs> what? He gives you this look like, what are you talking about? They're they're amber eyes. They're it's pretty normalish color. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Can uh, can, I I can't hear you say the phrase "suffer me now." Could I? <laughs> No, I'm just tired, I suppose. Oh, right, 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 right. Didn't mean to intrude, just curious is all. <laughs> just give me this look like... 
the hell is this guy talking about? Was that a reference to the character art he's using? Yeah. Sometimes the references are just for us. Yeah, that's fair. And are, are you there, the orc fellow? Yes, uh, that's me. Uh, as he's like, he's like eyeballing the shit out of this pot of stew over here. He's like, oh man, that looks good. And he turns over, he's like, oh yes, uh, my name is uh, Father Ozel. Um, I'm just passing through. Uh, I appreciate the hospitality. Yes, well met, Father, to go with Father. <laughs> oh, he kind of sits back down and takes a sip from his wine. <laughs> I like this. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Farmer Fava says, Yes, well, you make yourselves at home. You're welcome to stay the night. There is a guest house across the yard, and plenty of beds there for the lot of you. But I'll have you know I'm a very light sleeper, so... Just, just no funny business, all right? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, why'd you offer them the guest house, Fava? You told me to make a bed with the pigs outside. Oh, well, you should have seen the size of the bag of coin they gave me. That should cover you as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Well, that's getting kind of late. I think I'll be retiring for the evening. Um, if you awake early enough, there'll be breakfast. Yes, yes, about time to turn in for the evening, I suppose. As Father Ezra's like halfway through a bowl of soup, he looks over um, at Thorn and, and he kind of... Who is a man that, without regard, disposes of coins so easily? Uh, I've been very poor my entire life. I'm amazed with your uh, frivolousness or your generosity, uh, however you might see it. When blessed with an abundance of coin that I have not truly earned, it is not mine to keep. It is better to give to others. Well, well, well said. Waylon's like trying not to look too obvious, but like has his eyebrow cocked. Well, I appreciate it, sir, and thank you for the rescue again. Um, we, mu we must stick together these days, and especially in Ustalov, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of sympathy for people who look like me. There's not a lot of sympathy for anyone, really. Unless you know someone who knows someone or have enough coin to fill the gap. Yes, yes, certainly. Discrimination uh, against the ugly is very prevalent in these times. Damn. <laughs> he laughs and takes another drink. But, <laughs> uh... Father Russell looks at you a little quizzically and looks down at his face and kind of wipes some soup off of it and then uh, grabs his holy symbol and uh, his phrasma for dummies and starts to read. Uh, Waylon will probably excuse himself and turn in for the night. Thorn will finish his soup. I bet you could read over in the guest house. We should retire. I, yep, I'd follow. Absolutely. So you retire for the evening and sleep through the night. In the morning, you're all awoken suddenly by a loud banging on the door. When you go to answer it, Scott, why don't you tell us what they see? A, uh, a dwarf, bald head, uh, wearing the 
mountain patterned armor, very shiny looking. He's got a shield slung across his back and a Dorvan war axe in hand and uh, would speak up with a, uh, just so you're aware, there's a rather large group of pissed off orcs just right behind me. They'll be here probably any minute now. You may uh, want to arm yourselves and get ready to defend your home. Ah, kind of you to lead them right to us. <laughs> I mean, they, they were kind of already heading in this direction. I figured I should warn people along the road, so... Well, Waylon goes to just kind of, like, get himself together, because get dressed and grab his bow. Thorn's pulling on his leathers with a wince, leans over to Ozil and whispers, Ah, sorry about that. I forget that others aren't quite as adept at not leaving tracks behind. Stealth has never been a strong suit of mine. Uh, I knew we were going to piss them off. Uh, we, we must try to defend this home of, the, of our benefactors. I'm going to go alert the main house now to get them ready to fend off and we'll start trucking it to the main house. Alright, so I'm gonna say that you guys have a little bit of time to prepare yourselves before this orc raid gets here. Uh, if you look around the map or have any ideas on what you might do to prepare for this oncoming onslaught. Hmm. Well, uh, if they have extra hay and oil, we could always soak some hay, build some sort of a firewall, so to speak. Ooh. Mm. That's a good idea. Why don't we roll a little luck roll to see if there is what you need? I mean, hay is probably a given. Yes. But the oil... But the I amount guess. of oil needed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who's, who, who, who rolls that? Uh, why don't you go ahead and roll me a d100, since your idea. Oh, I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> Never apologize for a good idea. Yep, with a 24, he's got a little bit of oil, but not quite as much as you were looking for. <laughs> it's like a bottle of olive oil in the cupboard. It's like, shit! <laughs> I've got this one bottle of fava bean oil. I mean, it would probably do the job of getting it started. It would just have to be a matter of the hay, rest of the hay catching itself. Uh, is there anywhere that would be like a second story to this farmhouse or like somewhere in an elevated position that Waylon could get to? Yeah, I would say you can get on the roof of the farmhouse pretty easily. Cool. Waylon will do just that. Father, Father Gilliam, uh, you wouldn't happen to have a ballista under that uh, covered wagon, would you? <laughs> luck roll. Uh, roll luck roll. Rolls the only 100 of the entire spit. <laughs> All right, ah, yes, my old college ballista. Motherfucker, <laughs> that's, a, that's a 25. That's not going to do it. Damn it. Yeah. 
Well, hopefully the next DC is 26, because we're inching closer. <laughs> oh, I just sold it with my old catapult just last week. <laughs> oh, that ballista? <laughs> what are the odds any of you have alchemist's fire? Oh, I would say probably 50-50. Go ahead and roll a d100 and see if they've got any of that. 1d100. Happy with a 95, disappointed it's not a 26. <laughs> well, roll a d6 to see how many. <laughs> one. <laughs> yes, well, I think I've got one bottle laying around from the old days. That'll at least make things interesting. Well, we got some alchemist fire. I got two options of ways to use that. Three, technically. John, I just gotta say, them some pretty cows. Yeah. Also, I really like those token borders. Well, with all the tension, these cows are freaking out, and Fava is freaking out a little bit as well. He's like, um, what? What do I do? Where do I hide my children? Is there anything I can do to help? Do you have a cellar? <sighs> um, no, no, no cellar. Well, if you're capable of fighting, you might want to uh, grab your implements and have your children hide wherever you think would be best for them. Otherwise, withdraw to the stables and be ready to flee when they engage. Yes. There's no way a bandit's outrunning a horse. Well, unless they have horses. Well, you have, well, you have a friend with pointy sticks that can give their horses a problem. Well, all right then. I'll... I'm not too bad with a sword myself. I'll, 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 I'll grab one, and I'll tell my children to hide in the stables. Stay by my side. I will look out for you. Brave man. He runs into his house and comes back out with a dirty old short sword and some tattered leather armor. Well, it's been quite a while, but I'm not dead yet. We will do everything we can to keep it that way. So is there like um, is there like dust on the horizon or something? How, m how much time do we have? Is I guess my my question. Yeah, I'd say there's some dust on the horizon. You s think you probably have about ten minutes before they arrive on the farmstead. Okay, I'm gonna wait then. <laughs> how many did you say were coming? I did not. It, judging by the sound, a lot. Slight twitch. <laughs> Waylon will kind of like call out if he sees anything like the guy from Blazing Saddles as the sheriff's approaching. <laughs> Waylon, Thorn will call up. You've got good eyes from up there. If you could call out a number when you can make of it. Aye. Cool. Would there, was there enough hay and oil to put a fire trap specifically there? Uh, there wasn't actually enough oil. Ah, but we have an alchemist fire. Ah, yes, you do have that. Uh, so if you guys want to draw on the map anything you guys want to set up in preparation in this next ten minutes, go ahead and draw it on there. So what I was thinking is if they're coming from that direction, make it a little harder for them to get, yeah, right there. Somewhere, like, right before it, for, before it branches here, like, in this... 
right where my arrows ended would be yeah. a great point. What do these uh, What do these fields look like, John? What do we got going on here? Uh, the fields to the northeast look like they had just recently been harvested, so there is mostly empty soil and uh, remnants of stalks of fava beans. Be difficult to walk over that. And we won't have to worry about if the fire spread. <laughs> so yeah, like right here where the green and pink arrows meet, throw some hay and shit down there and as they get close, just chuck the fire right on the hay. I like it. Well, my hope is to ready an action for them to occupy yeah. that space. <laughs> yep. You could, if it's like a haystack or something, and they take cover behind it, and if they take cover behind it, then you just light them up. I'm cool with them running through it. Let them be standing right <laughs> on top of it when it goes floosh. Could Waylon maybe push some crates over to the other path to the north here? Not necessarily enough to, like, block them completely, but, like, enough that it would slow them down. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, hay block on one side, hay scatter on the other. Crates John, maybe like I have three been... feet tall that they can't that they can't like take cover behind necessarily, but like enough to get in the way. I must admit I've been very tempted to represent Meg and bring out my graphics tablet and draw a dick or two, <laughs> but I have resisted that urge thus far. You're a man of honor. So you get your fire haze set up, and Waylon, you get the crates set up, and you're posting up on the roof, is that right? Yeah. That was the plan. All right. Well, you do see the approaching horde. Horde is probably a strong word. Uh, it looks to be about a dozen or so orcs. He'll call out uh, to the group. He'll be like, hey, about a dozen of them, a squad's worth, headed this way from the northeast. Get a thumbs up from Thorn. I'm not the strongest fighter, but I, uh... I can hold my own a little bit with a sword, but I can help heal. Don't get too far away. Uh, I can I can help if we start to encounter some difficulties. Uh. Uh, you seem pretty well <laughs> combat ready there, Nador. Please, over here, join me. I am not much on my own. If we could disadvantage them at all, in other words, flank, I will be far more effective. He's kind of patting the four out of eight bandolier spots with a cold iron dagger in it, contemplating. No. Now you see the dust rising in the distance, and you see your enemies approaching. Oh, action so ready. Running in through the northern path here is about five orcs, one of them looking much bigger and angrier. And trouncing through the bean fields here, we see two orcs on top of these wolf-like creatures. And then coming in on the southern path, there is another group of four orcs. One of them is wearing furs and has a morning star. He looks a little beefier as well. Why don't we roll for initiative? 
Yeah. Woo. First initiative. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Quick on thy feet, my friends. Just pulls out his adamantine dwarven warhammer, gives it a spin. Ooh, I'm gonna crack some bloody skulls. Oh, I'm gonna split some orcish skulls. They done fucked up, and now they're about to be ground up. I'm about to split some orcish skulls. That's, uh, hmm. That's a, that's a tune from the, from the homeland. Uh, I've known another dwarf in my life, one of the good dwarf folk, but he never sung anything. He's never sung, did he? That's... that's a shame. Sounds like an inferior travel companion. It does. <laughs> Damn. What Mike wants to say versus what Thorn <laughs> wants to say very wildly. <laughs> I mean, if he was a superior travel companion, would he not be here? What Mike wants to say, yeah, sounds like a nerd that reads books. <laughs> Thorn would never say that. Sadly, my other traveling companions are off uh, completing the task for which they would have been assigned. Uh, something about trees or cogs. Or, I don't know. <laughs> Oof. Damn. Oh, woof. Natural one to start off the game. It's going to be rolling well tonight, boys. Hey, get it out of the way now. All right. All right, so it looks like one of the orcs here in the bean fields, riding the wolf-like creatures is up first. He takes a double move through the bean fields, just barreling towards his targets. And then after him, we have, it looks like Thorn is up next. Thorn. His action is, let's see, how will they move? is going to be to wait for them to move into the indicated area. Ready to action to throw the alchemist fire. All right. Alchemish? Alchemist's fire. <laughs> All we have is this alchemish fire, sorry. Ah, it's good enough. It sparks, <laughs> whatever. All right. Ready in action to burn some shit. And Waylon Geronimo is up next. Uh, Waylon is going to pull a couple of arrows from his quiver. Uh, and as a weird superstition, just kind of like licks across one of them and puts them both into his uh, bow. And he wants to use rapid shot to fire both of these at the wolf, if he can. Can he, or the warg, rather. Can, he can shoot it directly at the warg rather than the rider, right? <laughs> yep. Cool. Yep, spoilers, it's a warg. These are going to be at a minus two. So that'll be a 22 on the first arrow and a 9 on the second arrow. All right. Natty 1. Yes. So... Oh, that is a natural 1. Good catch. <laughs> Roll 20 is kind about that. You get a red highlight when it's the minimum and a green when it's the maximum. Yeah. I'm colorblind, so it doesn't always help. <laughs> ah, sorry about that. All right. So as far as the first attack... He has a chance once per turn to deflect an attack at his mount, thanks to mounted combat. Shit. Indeed. Um, but let's see, he needs a netty 19 to do it. And he does not. Uh, how much damage was that? 
Uh, 13. Alright. Nice, Doc. Max damage. Hell of a way to start. A solid first blood from Wayland Geronimo bloodying this ward with one hit. Now, that second hit was a natural one. And we are going to do much like in our main game. And could you please give me another attack roll to see if you confirm that fumble? Uh, that's a 22 to confirm. All right, so that does hit, so you do not fumble. Nice. I like this system. You don't break the bowstring this time. All right. Now, up next are a couple of my guys. A couple orcs. Uh, this orc moves up, uh, barreling forward with a double move, and he's still in this area of fire danger. Uh, are these haystacks or... Uh, that is scattered hay. It is a decent thick coating on the ground ready to be lit up. Gotcha. Then these are... Whereas the other are hay bales in the way to physically block. Yeah. All right. All right. So he double moves up, pulls out a javelin on his way, ready to throw it. And this other war grinder does a double move up through the bean fields as well. Be a real shame if you snapped your leg running through all that rutted up dirt. No respect for farmers. I know. All right. We have another orc charging up in the northern path where these crates are. And he gets there and he is just screaming wildly. He looks very angry and he just starts chopping away at these big crates in his way. Such ferocity from these orcs. Ferocity indeed. Up next, we have Nader Giller. Well, now, this is an interesting ditty. I think I'm gonna sit my happy ass right there, where I am, being glorious and shiny, and uh, wait for them to come to me. So I would like to ready an action that uh, when one of them decides to come rolling up in melee range, but, uh, well, somebody gets cracked in the leg, so to speak. All right. Nader Giller readies an attack. Yes. All right. Looks like we've got more orcs up next. Uh, this one here up on the middle path runs forward 30 feet, brandishing a javelin, and he's going to attack. Uh, let's roll, and let's see, let's roll a die to see who he attacks. It's gonna be Thorn. Oh, fantastic. Now he's pretty far out of his normal range, so he's gonna have a minus six to this attack. That's gonna be a ten. Sticks in the structure next to him. Probably a chicken coop or something. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it is a chicken coop. Mm -hmm. I see the chickens. He's mm -hmm. here. Guess we're having a rotisserie chicken for dinner. <laughs> All right. So another one of these orcs up north moves in to the crates, and it looks like he's casting some sort of spell. Uh-oh. Oh, no. If somebody has spellcraft, they can roll spellcraft to see if they can see what kind of spell that is. Not me. I I have it as a class skill. I'll go ahead and try. 
Never mind. <laughs> Oof. Oof. That's a natural one. <laughs> For a zero. Roll is a no. natural one. And at a minus one skill, that is a zero for Waylon. I am but a humble fighter. I know nothing of these magics. <laughs> All right. So we have one of these larger orcs over on the eastern path, moves up into that hay area there, and he's going to throw a javelin up at Waylon on the roof. That is a natural 20. So oh. I'm just going to roll to confirm. Just going just gonna to hear that Wilhelm scream ah! as he falls off the roof. <laughs> All right. That's an 11 to confirm. I don't think that's going to hit. It does not. But with a natural 20, it will still hit. Sure. All right. So this guy deals Eight damage with his javelin. Oof. Just remember, every triangle is a love triangle when you love triangles. Quote Pythagoras. Alright, several more of these orcs on the eastern side are going to move up. And it looks like you've got four orcs within that fire danger zone. It's so close to my initiative, I might as well wait. (laughs) And it looks like Father Ozel is up next. All right, Father Ozel. Um, so from his uh, last bout or last fight with these orcs, um, did he ever get a sense if they were evil? I think I rolled that. Uh, yeah, they are evil. Gotcha. Some type of evil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Father Ozel looks around, seeing the orcs closing in, seeing... Our archer friend take a javelin, do some serious damage. He grabs his holy symbol and casts a spell, uh, protection from evil communal. Ooh, noise. So that should hit all of us um, that I can touch real quick, which I bet I could move and cast that spell and touch all three of us real quick. Checks out. In this in this uh, little square, so I hit Thorn and I hit Thorn and Nador. So that's a plus two AC bonus to you guys and a plus two to saves. Nice. And that's his turn. All right, we have several more orcs advancing. We have this warg rider who needs to take a double move to get up into range to attack. He will not be able to attack this turn, but he is up close, and he also moves right past Nador, who has a readied attack to go off. And he is going to take a lovely little Dwarven War Axe right into the face of the Warg. Alright, let's see it. He's playing face ball. <laughs> so, uh, it's a total for 18 to hit. That's going to hit. And it'll be 15 uh, bludgeoning to the face. Woo! That was a nice roll, bud. Mm -hmm. That is enough to take that warg down. Come here! That warg just takes a hammer to the face, slides to the ground unconscious, and the orc falls prone. Come here, orc boy, you're next! Warg! 
And I believe that will move you to right next to them in initiative order. Okie dokie then. And Thorn is up next. Thorn's like, well, I can't let that show me up, I guess. <laughs> Let's see here. Let me take out the ruler real quick. Whoosh. No, that'd be too much of a hassle. Ah, perfect from here. He goes ahead and takes out the... Uh, well, he's holding the Flask of Alchemist Fire already. He's like, all right, let's go ahead and see if we can't make this more interesting. And the orc right here at the front, 120 feet from him, is about to eat a Flask of Alchemist Fire. And that is against Touch AC? No, in this case, it's against his normal AC. All right. So he won't take the D6 fire from it specifically, but Alchemist Fire is a splash weapon, so it'll ignite all adjacent squares. Which means all of that hay that had a little bit of oil drizzled in it just goes... Yay! (laughs) Meat's back (laughs) on the menu, boys! (laughs) (laughs) He just whips it with startling force right into the face of the guy and explodes it into him. But he also eats the one point of splash. And they get a save, right? I think they get a reflex save against the splash, though. For half? Which would be him and the guy there. It's a point of fire. Right, so you couldn't take half a one anyway. It's minimum one, right? Yeah, that'd be weird. So I'm just going to say everyone standing on the hay, period, is going to take that one point of splash damage. They're not expecting the ground beneath their feet to ignite into flames if they it's probably difficult terrain now (laughs) yeah it's not easy you see them kind of dancing around as the fire engulfs their boots and their legs they are not happy about that he turns Uh, his attention to the one near them on the ground and ends his turn the one that you hit dead on is engulfed in flames head to toe and he is Burning and screaming and very unhappy. Burn, baby, burn. It's an orkferno. <laughs> All right, and it looks like Waylon Geronimo is up next. Uh, Waylon will call out, uh, oh, Good shot, Thorn! Reminds me of my mixtape! Let me show it to you! <laughs> and he's going to grab... Uh, Two different colored pieces of tape woven together. <laughs> he's he's going to uh, grab two arrows from his quiver, and he's going to target the other warg here. Shit. Uh, and he will use rapid shot on him as well. All right. So the first uh, shot that's going to be an 18 to hit the warg. Oh, that hits. And the second one is another natural one. Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah, so so the first shot is going to do uh, 10 points damage. I picture, like, Waylon has that lined up and it goes, like, right into the wards, like, quadriceps or something to slow him down a bit. And the second one probably just, like, falls completely short. Well, why don't you roll one more attack roll? Oh, that's right. To confirm that natural one. Ah, uh, that's a 28. Ah, uh, he doesn't kill a cow. No fumble. Nice. So, one hit right in his quadricep, and he stumbles, falters for a moment while he's running through the bean fields here. Cool. And that will be Waylon's turn. 
We've got an orc over here in the hayfire, uh, burning at the feet. He gets out as best as he can, charging forward with a double move. And then we see the remaining warg rider also doing a double move to get closer to you guys. He moves over towards the south, towards the stables, trying to get on the other side of you. This orc up to the north climbs over the crates, gets a little bit closer to you guys, and tosses a javelin once again at Mr. Geronimo. It's going to be a dirty 20, but with the range increments, da, 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 it's going to be a 16 to hit. Uh, that will be a miss. Miss, G7. Alright, we have another orc to the east who is charging through the flaming hay, taking a little bit of damage, and gets a little bit closer. The stronger spellcasting orc to the north moves around, advancing. This northern orc moves up to the northern door of the farmstead and just starts hacking away at it with his falchion. This big angry orc with the great axe is charging through the fire, screaming with it raised above his head and advances a little bit closer to you guys. Another double move from this orc to the east, brandishing a falchion. We have one more orc with a falchion advancing with a double move as well. And it looks like Father Ozel is up next. Ooh, oh man, this is, um, I don't know. I have this crazy idea. I don't know if it's going to work because I don't think I have the range. Um, but I'm going to try something else. So there's that, there is a big, bigger or scarier one coming down from the northeast. Um... Father Ozel is going to hold out his holy symbol. I think I got range for this one. It's 100 feet. I got more than enough. I'm pretty sure that looks like... Okay, that's 70. Oh, yeah, you're something. solid. Um, so he is going to hold out his holy symbol, and a bright spear of light comes shooting out of it. And he is aiming at the bigger, scarier one for a ranged touch attack, if I believe this is true. Right, let me read it again to make sure. Okay, yeah, range touch attack. Here we go. All right, well, that's a 16 verse touch. Oh, yeah, that'll play. Oh, nice. Okay, so this says, he's not an evil outsider, but an evil creature struck by the spear takes 1d8 points per two caster levels. So that would be 2d8 and a will save, please. Ooh, a will save, okay. That uh, looks like a 15 on the will save. Ah, uh, god damn it. All right, you, you got me by one. Um, okay, so you're going to have this damage, and you are not blinded. All right. All right, so you're going to have 11 damage. All right, anything else from Ozil? Ozil screams out in orc, This is not the farmhouse you're looking for. Move along. Alright, the orc that got set on fire is going to use his turn trying to get out of it with a reflex save, 
but he takes that damage automatically at the beginning of his turn. So, Thorn, would you like to go ahead and roll that d6? You got it. That'd be two points. Alright, he takes two points of fire damage, and he is screaming and patting himself and trying to put the fire out, but he fails to do so and remains on fire. Alright, we've got bottom of the round, this last orc up by the house, uh, starts moving around the farmhouse, and... And I realize I forgot to put Farmer Fava on the initiative tracker, so let's just throw him last here as well. He's going to close the door that he's next to and ready an attack for anyone that comes into his house. Smart man. Alright, then we have Warg Rider, who is prone on the ground, just got knocked off of his mount. He stands up, takes a five-foot step over to Nador, and takes an attack with his massive battle axe. That's an 11 to hit. <laughs> nah. Alright, you skillfully dodge that attack, and it is now your turn, Nador. Was he prone next to me, or was he prone further away from me? He was ten feet away. Thank you for stepping closer to me. It's going to be easier to split your skull now. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I really hate running and chasing down my foes. Damn, dog. Woohoo. Wow. That is a, yeah, so, so close, close to, to a crit. crit. Oh, yeah, natty 19 for a 31. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to hit. Or nine damage? That would be correct. Alright, you get a solid hit with your war axe, driving it through his orcish flesh. He is still standing, but he does not look very happy about that. Hold still, let me take you off at the knees. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, uh, just, I'll wait here. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to make it a fair fight after all. All's fair in love and war. And Thorn is up next. I believe I will need to acrobatics to avoid that attack of opportunity for that square. Alright, let's have it. And yeah, a 28 is going to avoid it. Alright. Thorn just moved from behind Nador, kind of slink around. If you had just left the Varmstead alone, I wouldn't need to... And with a flick of his wrist as a swift action, a black glass-like blade slices through the sleeve of his tunic, and he just drives the void glass kukri towards the orc. Ooh, void glass. Fancy. Alright, let's see that attack roll. It's uh, another plus two for flanking. Which makes it a 20 to hit, and that'll play for a total of 19 damage with sneak attack. Woo! Holy cow. Would you please describe that kill? First Blood Part 2. Swings around. If you had just been smart enough to leave the innocents alone, and as it tears through the sleeve of his tunic and into his hand, he drags it across the back of their neck severing the spine 
watching them drop with a look of, oh shit, I'm paralyzed, before the blood escapes them. That, that is his turn. And Waylon is up next. Uh, Waylon is going to target the warg that he hit last turn down here. Uh, that's gonna put it outside... I, I don't remember how range attack works if it's... So the usual range is 110 feet. I'm sure I, I'm sure I can still take the attack. There's probably just a penalty to it. Yeah, so it's minus two for each extra range increment, so minus two total. Got it. Uh, let's make it a rapid attack, then. At the warg. These will be at minus four. Uh, that's a nine on the first one. That's not going to do it. Uh, and that's a sixteen on the second one. Alright, a sixteen is gonna hit. Sweet. That'll hit that thing for eleven points of damage. Solid hit. The warg is still standing, but barely. Cool. And that is it for... You can't do a full attack and take a five-foot step in the same turn, right? I'm not... You can. You can. That's the ideal point for it. Uh, in that case, uh, Waylon will take a five-foot step back then, kind of moving away from the edge of the roof, and he will end his turn from there. You can five-foot in the middle of a full attack. Ooh, good to know. All right, so next we have one of these Eastern Orc boys who... It looks like he's got a fairly clear path to charge. He's going to charge in with his Falcione at Thorn, I believe. Here he comes, Thorn charge style. That's going to be a 24. That hits. Don't forget your plus two bonus to AC for that. Oh, it's in there. <laughs> that brings me to a 20. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? A Falchion crits on an 18 to 20. Uh-oh. Sure does. I'm going to go ahead and confirm that. Ah, so that's going to be a 23 to confirm, which I think might do it. Ah, shit. Oh, no. Thankfully it's only a times two. Oh, no. <laughs> let's get out some more dice. All right, here goes. Painful. Two, four, six. Uh, looks like 10 plus 18 damage. Holy shit. 10 plus 18 or 18 total? Uh, 18 total. <laughs> okay. Okay. That falchion comes in and for a brief second there's this shimmering crack of something between him and it that just shatters a split second before it lays into his chest. Phew! His two temporary hit points vanish and... He takes 16 of the 18. Very cool. That's probably the best hit I'm going to get this whole combat. <laughs> but now we have this Warg Rider to the south. It's going to move up and attempt to attack Father Ozel with his masterwork battle axe. That's going to be a 21 to hit. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's going to play. All right, and then that's going to be two, three damage. All right. All right, so now we've got 
a bunch more orc boys. Uh, this one up north at the farmhouse is going to attempt to climb up the walls to get onto the roof where Waylon is. Climb check. Nailed it. And this one down south is going to attempt to charge at Father Ozel. Here we go. That's a natty 18. I think we know what that means. Jesus. Oh no. A natural 20 to confirm. No shit. Oh no. Oof. And thus is the story of Father Yeah, well, that was a short adventure. <laughs> Alright, here's the damage. Oh, different numbers than last time, but same total. 18 damage for Father Ozel. Shit! That is not. Father Ozel takes a massive hit to the chest. He is not looking good. Oh, man. <laughs> Try not to let Father Ozel die so he can keep his adventure going, you know what I mean? How, you crit me, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah, I did. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. This orc runs up and drives as Falchion into Father Ozel's chest for massive damage. This bigger orc to the north, spellcasting orc with a morning star, does a double move and gets closer to the party. Orc to the north. This orc, busting down the door of the farmhouse, gets it smashed in and moves in across the dining room towards Farmer Fava. Another orc to the northeast, the big crazy angry one. Does another double move, getting a little bit closer to the party. We have another orc to the north. Moves up to begin climbing the wall of the farmhouse. He makes it, and he climbs up to the top, going after Waylon as well. Another orc just to the east of the party moves in to attack Thorn with his falchion. Come on, another A18. Natty 2, miss. And then up next is the gravely wounded Father Ozel. Okay, here we go. Um, I really need to heal myself. Um, okay, I'm going to take a five-foot step back away from everybody towards the chicken coop to the east and I'm going to channel positive energy for healing and I think that I have high enough let me see my wisdom well it's your charisma modifier is the number of people you can exclude if you're thinking about selective channeling to my knowledge only one of them up against us has more than one point of damage on them. Okay, so I will, uh, that is the one that I will leave out of my channel. So everybody else should get healing, except for the guy who is damaged. That's 3d6 healing. He grasps his holy symbol as a blue light or emanates out from it, embracing you all in Phrasma's grace. That's not too fucking bad. All right, that's seven plus, uh, it's 11 healing for everybody. What's the range on that? About 30 feet. 
Okay, never. Do I get that healing even though I'm at full health? Nine. <laughs> but Sad. what that does mean is that the dead warg on the ground starts kicking again. Oh, shit. I forgot about that guy. Ah, shit. It wasn't negative con dead. Oh, can't have that now. All right. So Father Ozel channels positive energy, giving everyone and a warg a little bit of healing. Now we're going to come back to this burning orc to the east who is just putting his fire out and he looks pissed. He, smoking still, is going to run four times speed straight forward to join the fray. What I wouldn't give for one of us to have fireball right now. Yeah, seriously. Um, Alright, this orc runs up to the southern door of the farmhouse and begins hacking away at it. Then within the farmhouse, we have Farmer Faba, who has the orc approaching him from the northern entrance, and he is going to charge at it with his short sword. That's a natural 20. Hell yeah, Faba. John, I'm starting to think your dice aren't balanced. <laughs> Call me crazy. Well, most of those crits were on 18s and 19s, and I've a lot of bad rolls, too. That's a netty 17 to confirm, uh, which is going to. Let's get some damage on that short sword. All right, so Farmer Fava runs up and gets a solid run through into this orc with his short sword, which does not kill him thanks to ferocity. And as the orc gets pissed off, Farmer Fava's eyes go wide as he realizes he did not kill this orc, and now he's right up next to it. Frickin' ferocity. So this warg next to the party stands up, uh, which will provoke from Thorn and Nador. Hell yeah. Hey, same total. Alright, yep, that'll hit from Thorn, and that's gonna go ahead and put him back below zero. He tries to get up, and Thorn strikes him a good one, putting him right back down. He twitches and stops moving. If Falcon wants to take the AOO too, we might be able to kill kill it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now, he is actually below his con now. Dead, dead. Okay. It twitches. We must make sure. <laughs> it starts to get up, and without looking away from the one next to him, Thorn's like, we'll have none of that. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> I would like to go ahead and make it, even though, narratively, we, out of character, know it's dead, dead. I, I, I see it yeah. twitching Oof. as he hits it. I turn around, and I just bludgeon the shit out of its head, crushing it. <laughs> Can't have that happening again. All right. Thorn twitches with the blood splat <laughs> upward around his back. <laughs> it looks like Nador Giller is up next. Uh, I look down to where Father Ozel was, and I go, do you need a hand down there, or can I focus on these up here? Uh, absolutely not. You you do what you have to. I can handle the wall grider. Thank you. So I will turn and 
this one right here, because it's already right there and I don't have to move. All right. A uh, total of a 30, 18 on the dice with plus 12 to hit. And uh, oh, yeah. he will take nine bludgeoning. I'm going to stick with bludgeoning because that's the, the damage type I first said on my first attack. Right on. It's, a, it's some sort of an action to switch the damage types until I have a BAB of five. All right. You deal a mighty blow to him, and he almost takes a knee for a second, but then the veins start popping in his forehead, and his ferocity kicks in, and he is still standing. Uh, anything else from Nador? That's it. He, he, he will go, you all hit like bitches. Come get some. <laughs> He says, oh, he used the B word, get him! And Thorin is up next. Oh, I am. For some reason, I thought that uh, our archer friend was ahead. You're, you're just ahead of me with your dex bonus. Thorin will sidle down this way. There are too many of them. And to the one that was just hit by Nador, be a 22. That'll play for potentially eight, which hopefully is enough to take him despite ferocity. I'm praying. Eight damage is enough to take him exactly his constitution of negative points. He is dead. Yes. Would you like to describe that kill? Just another one along the back. He steps in. He's like, oh, for hell's sake drags it kind of a backwards draw, flipping the kukri around reverse style back along his lower spine. I cannot stand their refusal to die. No offense, Ozil. <laughs> None taken. As Ozil spits up some blood. <laughs> and Waylon Geronimo is up next from the farmhouse rooftop. So... If I understand what I'm seeing up here correctly, given that this orc that's trying to get into the farmhouse door, uh, Waylon probably can't see that from up on the roof, but he probably heard it, right? Yeah, I would say that's a fair right. assumption. So here's what I would like to do, and I want to make sure mechanically this works, I'm not 100% certain, but he wants to jump off the roof, shoot an arrow at the orc, and then land and take whatever fall damage he's supposed to, if I may. You know what? Rule of cool, that sounds cool as fuck. I'm just gonna allow it regardless. Nice. Uh, Waylon also Damn. has point blank shot, so this is <laughs> gonna have a plus one. Very nice. Uh, that is a 25 to hit. Oh yeah, that'll play. Right. And that'll be 9 damage because of point blank. Ah uh, yes, good, ca good catch. I was only gonna add it to the AC there. Yeah, so that'll be nine points of damage from an arrow, and is it 2d6 of damage for 20 feet of falling? Now, if it's on purpose, you can roll an acrobatics to negate the first 10 feet. Oh, shit. Here it is. That's an 18 at for acrobatics. A DC 15 acrobatics check allows you to ignore the first 10 feet fallen Hell yes. when you deliberately fall any distance. Yep, that looks good right there. So you'll have a d6 rather than two. John, do you want to do the d6 since it's damaging me? Yeah, that'd be nice. That's just going to be two falling damage. I got it. 
Okay, so, so Waylon kind of runs towards the roof and kind of like leaps off and fires off a shot at the orc, kind of catching the orc in the shoulder. Uh, and as he goes to land, he kind of like lands on his feet, but has to like roll forward with the momentum of it. So takes some damage, but not as much as he could. Solid. And it looked cool. It did. Which is the most important part, but, you know. Thorn sinking, we've got... You know, battle fervor, bravado, and faithful. Interesting mix. Nice. Alright, so now we've got this Borg Rider who... He's been watching Nader lay waste to his people. Yeah, I think he's gonna just five foot step over and attempt to hit Nador with his battle axe. That's gonna be an 18 to hit Nador. Does an 18 strike the Nads? Is the Nads in the room with us now? <laughs> Does it hit? Does not. Alright, so he misses Nador with his battle axe. My AC is 21. Off the shield. Nice. Yeah, so you just bang right off that heavy steel shield. Mithril heavy steel shield. Alright, this orc on the farm wall climbs up to the roof looks around and sees that there's nobody up there anymore. <laughs> Let's get the... Oh, damn it. I probably want to check around the corner for the elevated part of the roof, right? Yeah, he's like... Argh, argh, and he moves around to check on the other side of that elevated part of the roof. Still no one there. This orc <laughs> back by the rest of the party is going to five-foot step in and attempt to hit Nador with his falchion. Natural one. Nice. Yes. That's going to be a 21 to confirm. 21 exactly is my AC. Does that include the plus two from protection from evil? That does not. That means my AC is 23. Hell yes. All right. So it uh, does confirm as a fumble. So I'm going to say he goes in to attack you with his falchion, overextends a little bit, and slips in the mud from the water that spilled out of this trough here and falls prone. Beautiful. We'll take it. Look at you, you useless fool. <laughs> All right. And now it is this big orc with the morning star and the animal pelts on his back. He is going to attempt to move around the backside of the party here. And yeah, I think he can. Yeah, he can do that without provoking. He's going to get into a flanking position behind Thorn. He is going to attack Thorn with his Morningstar. Alright, that's a 23 total. I believe that was precisely it. Alright. Yep. Oof. Uh, six damage, not too bad. Okay. This orc inside the farmhouse that just got run through by Farmer Fava back. Ooh, another natural one. Get wrecked. Alright, doesn't confirm the fumble, but does not hit Farmer Fava, simultaneously pulling his short sword out of this orc's gut, ducking down, barely misses the falchion attack of going above his head. He is terrified. This massive, angry, berserking orc with a giant great axe is going to Advance and move in also at Thorn. Oh no. <laughs> who is surrounded. 
Hot damn, boys. This looks bad. This is really bad. Alright, well, it's only a 13 to hit you. That's good. This massive great axe swings right past you. Thank God. This other climbing orc finally makes it up and sees there's no one there and follows his buddy around the backside of that raised part looking for that archer. Jump! Jump, you wuss! You won't do it! Jump! <laughs> Alright, we've got this other orc standing next to Thorn and the Berserker. He's going to attack Thorn as well. It's an easy target. Come on. Oh my god. That's a natural one. Oh, thank god. Guess an oh my god could go either way. And it balances itself out in the end, John. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Alright, that's gonna be a... Uh, with flanking a 21 to confirm. 21 would normally hit. Alright, so no fumble, but it does miss, and Father Ozel is up next. With, with a plus two to for protection from evil, right? Yeah, my AC's 20 with that. I have it queued in as a buff. Nice. Oof. Father Ozel is, is a little scared. I mean, there's a lot going on here. We are surrounded by one, two, three, four, five, six different orcs. Uh, they got us pinned down pretty good. Our archer friend is running around shooting, which is good. The uh, the farmer farmer father inside is taking a beating, but he can hold his own a little bit, I guess. I don't exactly know what to do. What I am so I think what I'm going to do is I am going to try to cast a spell defensively. Okay, so DC 21 to cast defensively with a plus seven to this roll. That's a natural 19 on the die, so that will pass, thankfully. Hell yeah. He is going to cast a spell. All right, very nice. About 10 feet away, is there like a um, pile of gravel or uh, some rubble or something? Sure. Or like around this chicken coop? Yeah, we'll say yes. All right, so this spell is called Raging Rubble, which I've never seen before. I really liked it. Um, you animate an area of ru- rubble, gravel, or other small stones, creating a dangerous rolling area of debris. The animated rubble has a space of 10 feet and acts like a swarm, uh, damaging uh, 1d6 per, um, te- per square and distracting DC 12. I don't know what you would have to roll for that, but... Um, some type of save, right? Yeah, if it's like a swarm, it would be a fortitude save to avoid distraction, which means nauseated. Okay, so I'm going to put it with the warg in front of me and the other one. So these squares right here. Do you have like a little um, do you have like a little token or something you can give me? Like just a circle? You can go ahead and just like draw a circle on there if you want. Oh, that's right. The 10-foot area directly in front of me. All right, and that's going to do a little bit of damage to those two, right? Yeah, it's just a swarm damage, so uh, they take... um, Each one of those guys will take a D6, so the orc on top is going to take, well, six damage, and the warg and warg rider are going to take five from being pelted with little teeny pebbles. (laughs) Awesome. Some vicious pebbles. And then there's a distraction, which I'm not exactly sure how to do. So that's going to be a fortitude save, lest they become nauseated. Okay. The warg goes down unconscious from the damage. Shit, yeah. 
and the orc riding it is going to fall off right into the raging rubble and make a fortitude save. What's the DC again? 12. He's going to fail and be nauseated for one round. Oh, nice. Which means what, Mike? Nauseated. Creatures with the nauseated condition experience stomach distress. They are unable to attack, cast spells, concentrate on spells, or do anything else requiring attention. The action such a... Uh, the only action such a character can take is a single move action per turn. Fuck yeah. Solid. Clutch move for Mosul there. Yep, yeah, that's cool spell. Never seen that. Yeah, I, I, I was... I didn't have a lot, <laughs> so I'm glad I could do something. Alright, so up next, this orc that still has some distance in between you is going to close the gap. He gets right up to Ozil, but does not have enough actions to attack this turn. The orc that's still outside, banging on the door on the farmhouse, busts the door down this time and sees Farmer Fava sitting there getting attacked by another orc and he advances towards him and he attacks. Would the orc have been able to get to and attack him after busting down the door? Oh, duh. No, no. He would not get to attack. Good looking out. Gonna keep me on my toes sometimes. Keep me on. Farmer Fava terrified gravely wounded uh, is attempts to full withdraw from being surrounded by these two orcs and I think he's uh, he can avoid one attack of opportunity but not both I mean that only helps him with like one hit's worth of health he's got to live too or he can't feast on their kidneys with a nice Chianti <laughs> Okay, he narrowly escapes the reach of these two massive orcs surrounding him in his own home and bleeding, wounded, scurries off away from them. And as the camera pans out from the farmhouse door, we see Waylon Geronimo just having jumped off the roof with two orcs still up there trying to sniff him out. We see a little bit further, there's Nidor, Thorn, and Father Ozel, back to back in varying degrees of injury. Sweating and twitchy. Surrounded by at least eight orcs. We're gonna pick it up at the top of the round next session. This is a tense pause moment. Man, this is bad. Spooky, spooky, skelly skeletons. This would be bad even without ferocity. Ferocity makes it that much worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why you guys are having such a difficult time with them. They're dropping like fucking hotcakes for me.
Is that my cue?